Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this the 16th weekend after Pentecost. I welcome everybody here who is in the building today. We also welcome those who are watching or listening online. Uh, welcome everybody to worship, especially for those who are online. Uh, make sure you go to our website, chapelofthecross.org. There under the resources tab, you'll find the link for the bulletin for this service where you can follow along as we worship today. Also, there is a link there to, uh, to giving your offering to the Lord and his church as well under the Give tab. A few announcements to share with you today before we begin to worship. We are blessed to hold a spe uh, special presentation here at Chapel of the Cross by Christy Hofferber during the Bible study hour next Sunday, September 19th. Uh, Chapel's Life team has invited Christy to speak on the value of life, and I encourage you to make a point to attend that presentation during the Bible study hour next week, Sunday, September 19th. Uh, she'll have a wonderful presentation and an uh, incredible telling of her story, her story of life. Uh, this white weekend is a special weekend here at Chapel because we celebrate and we observe Christian Education Weekend. So our, our fall Sunday school and confirmation programs begin tomorrow. Our Christian education leaders also will be commissioned at the 11 a.m. service tomorrow morning. So we thank God for the blessing that that group of people is. And the annual Lutheran Older Adult Retreat has been scheduled for October 20th to 21st at Pere Marquette Lodge in Grafton, Illinois. So if you're a Lutheran and you're an older adult, this retreat is for you. The keynote speaker is Dr. Rich Bimler, and the Bible study leader is uh, an old professor of mine, Dr. Jeff Gibbs. Uh, so it's going to be a wonderful opportunity to gather and study the Word together with just some wonderful teachers. There are packets of information at the Welcome Center that answer questions about schedule and meals and costs and things like that. Uh, just so you know, deadline to register for that is October 6th, so keep that in mind. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together our opening hymn, Sing Praise to God, the Highest Good. It's hymn number 819 in your hymn book, or it's printed for you in your bulletin, and we stand to sing it together.
We make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, our support and defense in every need, continue to preserve your church in safety, govern her by your goodness, and bless her with your peace. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Our Old Testament reading appointed for this day is from Isaiah, the 50th chapter. The Sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being taught. The Sovereign Lord has opened my ears and I have not been rebellious. I have not drawn back. I offered my back to those who beat me my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Because the Sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore have I set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who then will bring any charges against me? Let us face each other. Who is my accuser? Let him confront me. It is the Sovereign Lord who helps me. Who is he that will condemn me? They will all wear out like a garment. The moths will eat them up. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We speak responsibly our psalm of the day, Psalm 116, the first nine verses. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the simple-hearted. When I was in great need, he saved me. Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. The epistle reading is from James, the third chapter. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. 
This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing our hymn. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There are certain moments in life that we never forget. A wedding day, uh, the birth of a child, death of a loved one. We have a tendency to always remember events that change our lives. In fact, there are some events that are so significant, so life-altering, they just become really kind of embedded in our hearts. 20 years ago this weekend, 20 years ago today, the terrorist attacks that riveted and devastated our nation, I think was one of those events. Most of us remember exactly where we were and what we were doing when we heard that terrible news. In fact, I saw that 93% of Americans aged 30 and older say that they remember exactly where they were on that day, September 11th. We will never forget that. 9-11 did many things to us as a nation, one of which was to reinforce the truth that there is terrible evil in our world. And really, that's, that's nothing new. You know that. You see it throughout history, from the beginning of history. Think about in the 1940s, the Jewish Holocaust, all the genocides that have happened, even in recent memory, Rwanda and Bosnia and Darfur and Uganda under Idi Amin or, or Cambodia under the Khmer Rouge, and even here in our country. On September 11th, 2001, evil touched home. 
And really, most of us will not forget that. But even as we remember the horrors of that just one day, 20 years ago, we realize the reality of sin and evil is not something that is uncommon. It's not scarce. It's not rare. It's not unusual. Sin and evil are all around us every day, every moment, every minute of every day. There is really only one solution to that, you know. And it's not bigger armies or better intelligence or smarter weapons. And those things aren't necessarily bad. In fact, perhaps they're necessary as we deal with a a world just filled with sin and evil. But they are not the solution. There is just one solution. One solution to sin and evil. And that solution is Jesus Christ the Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace, the Savior of this sinful, evil world. Did my vicarage internship in Ghana, West Africa, and it was a a wonderful place to do ministry. It really was. There was so many opportunities to share the gospel. There's so much good work done there by the church and just a great response to the word of God that was shared. But there was also a lot of setbacks. There were a lot of obstacles. So many problems that the church had to face. So much sin and evil around us every day. One day I asked my supervisor, Reverend Dr. Paul Finn, how how do you keep going in ministry with so many problems, with so many setbacks, so much going against you, so so much going against the ministry, so much evil and sinful people just trying to ruin the work of the church? And his response to me was this. There is only one thing that will change them. Jesus. So we keep on preaching Jesus. And we keep on teaching Jesus. How appropriate it is, really, that our Christian Education Weekend kind of coincides here with this 20th anniversary of 9-11, a day of sin, a day of horrid evil, living in a sinful and an evil world every day, what is our response? What do we do? What does the church do? How does the church respond? We keep on preaching Jesus. And we keep on teaching Jesus. It is the only thing that will change our world. Text that I've chosen to look at for just a few minutes this day is is a passage from the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 and 19. Moses says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and in your minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You know, for as much as we can remember and really never forget the tragedy and the horror of a day like 9-11, we sometimes have an awful hard time remembering and not forgetting the important and the blessed teachings and the lessons of our God. Why is it that we so often forget? And we're not the only ones. It's been, it's been happening for centuries You know, our God blesses us with his word. He shows us his law and his gospel. He shows us his rules and his grace, his admonishments and his encouragement. But as people so often forget. Moses knew all about that. Do you remember the the golden calf incident? And the children of Israel, they had been delivered by God's mighty hand out of Egypt. They had come to Mount Sinai. Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments from God on the top of the mountain. And he comes down from that mountain. What does he see? A golden calf set up by the Israelites in the camp. And they're worshiping it. They've already chosen another God. Even after God has delivered them, rescued them, saved them, and they're bowing down to a golden calf. Do you remember Aaron's response to Moses 
when Moses asks him, what in the world's going on here, Aaron? He says, well, we threw the gold into the fire and out came this calf. Really, Aaron? God had led them, delivered them, defended them, guided them, provided for them, and yet the lesson that God was to be their only God, well, I guess they forgot that lesson. So then they travel through the wilderness to the promised land. They come to the promised land and they, they send out a few spies to check it out, remember? And those spies find out that it is a wonderful place. Land flowing with milk and honey, just wonderful. It just happens to be inhabited by some big and powerful and strong people of fortified cities. And because those big people are there, some of the spies that were sent out, they come back to report to the children of Israel and they say, oh, we should not go there because they're big and they're powerful and they will crush us. We just look like grasshoppers to them. But two of the spies say, oh no, let's go. God says to go, so let's go. The Lord is with us. And when Caleb and Joshua say that, do you know how the people responded to them? In the book of Numbers, it says that they wanted to stone them to death. You know, I, I guess they forgot to learn that lesson that was taught, that with God, it doesn't matter how big your enemies are. They didn't remember that lesson. And it happens all the time. We tend to forget. We don't remember. And Moses realized this. And because of that, his, his, his core sermon in the book of Deuteronomy, towards the end of his life, he preached that sermon over and over and over again. Deuteronomy chapter 4, Moses says, be careful. Remember, don't forget. Don't let the word of God slip from your hearts. The word of law and the commands of God. The word of promise, the promise of the Messiah, the promise of protection and care, promise of his deliverance. Don't let that slip from your hearts. Don't forget. Two chapters later, Moses is preaching again. Be careful. These commands are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Don't forget. We get to this reading from Deuteronomy 11. Guess what Moses says? Be careful. Fix these words on your hearts and on your minds. Teach them to your children. Don't forget. Man, if you're in Moses' congregation, you know before he starts what his sermon's going to be about. Be careful. Fix these words on your hearts and on your minds. Teach it to your kids. Remember. Don't forget. And then at the very end of the book of Deuteronomy, at the, at the end of Moses' life, just as God is preparing him to say goodbye to his people, what are his final words? Deuteronomy 32. He says, these words from the Lord are not just idle words for you. They are your life. <laughs> now we see why these words, why those lessons should never be forgotten. It's why Moses says back in this text from Deuteronomy 11, fix, tie, bind, teach, talk about, write these things, these words, don't forget them, because these words of God, they're not idle words, they are your life. Oh, sometimes we forget. There are times we do not remember the lessons of God. And we have a tendency, just really like the children of Israel, to forget. That's why Moses preaches what he preaches over and over and over again. That's why when God gave the Ten Commandments, he said, worship me occasionally on the Sabbath. He didn't say that. Remember the Sabbath day. Every time. Why? Because he knows lessons are forgotten and we need constantly to be enriched and encouraged and lifted up and taught again and again and again so we remember. Did you notice the way we started worship this day? With confession and absolution. Why did we start church that way? because we don't remember the lessons of God all the time. 
And did you notice that just about every time we worship, it seems to start the same way, confession and absolution. It's because we so often forget the lessons of our God. How often we mirror the children of Israel. God says, I will be your God and you will be my people. Trust in me because I love you and I care for you and I promise to be with you and lead you and guide you. And sometimes we say, oh, you know what? Your word, your way, it looks a little hard, Lord. And I don't think I'll be wanting to do that. I'm pretty content on my own. And then we forget his word. And so our God says to us today, tie, bind, teach, talk about, write these words of mine on your hearts and on your minds. Remember them. Never forget them. These words are not just idle words for you. These words are your life. Because they are words that that don't only correct and admonish and discipline. They are words that give salvation and heaven and eternity and grace and love and mercy. They are words that share a story, an incredible story. It's a story of a promise and a Messiah and a divine plan. The story of a manger and a birth, shepherds and wise men. It's a story about miracles and signs and wonders. It's a story about a, a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son, all found again. It's a story of the kingdom of God pictured as a pearl in the field, a tiny mustard seed, a hidden treasure. It's a story of a palm-strewn road in Jerusalem and cries of, Hosanna, Lord, save us. It's a story of an upper room, earnest prayers in a garden, and a betrayal. It's a story of a cross, of torture, of death. It's a story of resurrection, of Easter, of victory. It's a story of forgiveness, of mercy, of love. It is the story of the word of life. It is your life. Your eternal life. <laughs> now there is something to never forget. There is something to always remember. What joy. What mercy. What grace. What love. It's why we celebrate and we ask God to bless today the ministry of the Christian education that goes on in this place. It's why we keep on telling the story. The story of the Christ. The story of salvation. The story of life. Over and over again, we proclaim it. Year after year, it's told so that more and more can become close to their God and receive his gifts. I thank God for the Christian education that goes on in this place. In Sunday school, and confirmation class, and Bible class, and summer camp, and our partner Lutheran elementary, and middle and high schools. God has blessed this place. God has blessed you with great opportunities for young and for old alike to learn more about their Savior to learn those lessons again and again that we so often forget. And so we fix and tie and bind and teach and talk about and write those words of our Lord's on our heart and on our minds. Because those words of our God, those words are our life. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I realize that today that is not printed for you in your bulletin, um, so this is a test.
So you can either recite that from memory, and I know many, many of you could do that, or if you're more comfortable, you can pick up your hymnal, and on the very back page of that hymnal is the Apostles' Creed printed, and we confess that creed together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. We begin our prayers on this weekend of this 20th anniversary of the September 11th terrorist attacks, asking God's blessings upon us and upon our nation. This day, Lord, we remember with sadness the events of 20 years ago acts of evil terrorism that changed our lives. We continue to pray this day for our president, Joe Biden, the Congress, and all in authority, that you would guide their decisions. We continue to lift up our armed forces who do not bear the sword for nothing, but do so to protect us against evil. We continue to pray for our police force and firefighters whose work often goes unsung. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, Lord, that you would stem the tide of evil in our world. We pray for our enemies, that you would bring them to repentance, that turning to you they may join us in praising your name. And we pray for ourselves, that you would guard and protect us, and that we would remember to thank you for your blessings. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, for those who still continue to grieve losses, suffer trauma, and who bear the physical, emotional, and spiritual scars from that day of terror 20 years ago, continue to grant your peace, your healing, your wholeness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we ask for your special blessings be poured out upon the education ministry of Chapel of the Cross in Bible classes, Sunday school, confirmation classes, and other groups. May your word be shared and may your spirit work mightily. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, for those who suffer in body or mind, we pray for wholeness from you, the great physician of body and soul. We especially remember this day, Ayla Frushan, friend of Cheryl Balky, who is suffering from cancer, Jim and Maureen Bartell, and Ted Vogel, as he is now under hospice care. Lord, bring your peace, your comfort, and if it be your will, your healing touch. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we realize that you are the giver of every good gift. This day we thank you along with those who are celebrating the goodness of your gifts, especially Lucas and Allison Meyer, as they renew their marriage vows tomorrow afternoon. We give praise with Matt and Tracy Evans and grandparents Gary and Diane Tim upon the birth of a baby boy, Maverick Evans, born this morning. And we thank and we praise you along with Jay and Jamie's virgins and their family for working in and through baptism as Matthew Eddy's virgins is baptized tomorrow morning. Protect this, your child, with your angels and bless him in every way. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our closing hymn together, Rise, Shine, You People, page 12 in your bulletin. <laughs>